and welcome to you from Inside the Hive with me, Jane Galloway from Quirt the Hive. I can't believe we're approaching the end of the second series. It's gone so quick. I'm going to take some time off in December, not least to enjoy some family, hopefully, all things being good with lockdown, um, but also because I'm working on some other things in Quiet the Hive and I want to give some time and attention to those. I'll tell you all about them, uh, maybe in the next podcast, maybe I'll do one extra special one at the end. I'll make up my mind soon. I am really pleased to give you a great conversation today with Alex Colby. Alex has set up Cool Stories Yoga. She talks to us about her journey from never wanting to think about yoga again to becoming a yoga instructor. It's a wonderful conversation. And if you ever get the chance to practice with with Alex, then do find out where she's doing it, whether that's online, whether that's local to you after lockdown, or whether it's via her YouTube channel. Enjoy, it's a good conversation. Hello and welcome to From Inside the Hive with me, Jane Galloway from Quiet the Hive. My guest today has a wonderful energy and I'm so excited to have her on the podcast. I met, Alex is one of these virtual friends because we met virtually first and then finally in person at the Awesome Women's Retreat, which was wonderful. But I am delighted to introduce you to Alex Colby. Hello, Alex, how are you doing? Hi, lovely. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Good. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, um, because I know that people are going to be interested to hear all about you. Um, so I, I run um, Core Stories Yoga, um, which is my baby, if you will, my passion, um, or it certainly has been for the last two years now, mm-hmm. um, in and amongst everything else. Um, I'm also a mum to my bear, um, who is the centre of my world. Um, but yeah, in terms of uh, the yoga front, I, 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 I never thought I would actually um, get into yoga as much as I have, I suppose. Um, but at the same time, I have a lot of comments like, oh, yeah, you look like you do yoga or you look like a yoga person. Like, OK, a yoga person. Cool. Um, and I guess I am now. So um, I kind of just have to put that one aside and go, well, yeah, I am. I'm a yoga person. It's all good. Um, But I think it means so many different things to so many people and it's such a big topic Um, and I I almost never came back to yoga because of my first ever experience in a yoga studio. Okay, so tell us about that. (laughs) I'd done a little bit of um, yoga at home. I'd been to a couple of kind of um, classes with friends but at, like village halls and places like that and uh, I really wanted to try it a bit more I'd been doing a lot at home and I was like oh, okay no I, I think I'm all right at this this is something I could get into um, but just from a movement perspective because I love working out and anything physical um, and so I bought a bunch of classes on Groupon mm-hmm. I was like six classes yeah cool I'm gonna go it was a really well-known studio in Exeter and um I went along and it was quite a quiet class. I'd spoken to her before and so I told her my experience um, and there seemed to be quite a few kind of teachers coming along to this particular lesson, which is absolutely fine. Um, Having had the experience I have now, I know how all of that works. There was a lot of chatter going on about um, just general general life stuff throughout the class, which I thought was a little bit weird, but 
Um, but then at some point in the class, she came over and she adjusted me. Yeah. So historically, um, I don't know about your experience with yoga, but they use sometimes use straps to adjust people into certain postures. And I had no real idea at the time what, what style I was even practicing, let alone what it meant to be adjusted. And so after that, I think my confidence faltered a little bit. And then I just tried to do everything in the very exact way um, that was being taught in this class. And I left feeling really disempowered because I didn't really understand the why and uh, what, how I was meant to feel. And so I came away and then I spent the next day in bed with a migraine um, and just went, maybe I'm, I'm not so good for yoga. Maybe yoga's not for me. My body's not meant to do that. Um, and so I just left it at that and I didn't follow it up with them. I, I never went back and went, do you know what? This, this is how I feel. Can you, can you explain that to me? But they also never followed up with me. Um, and um, it was probably eight years before I even considered doing yoga again. Gosh, and that that obviously had a huge impact because having had the good fortune to have done a class run by you, I know that one of your things is you tell people, you know, this is what I'm doing and this is what we're going to do, but you just move in the way you want to. And if that doesn't feel comfortable, do this and whatever feels good to you, that's the thing to do. So that obviously had a huge impact because it plays out in the way you teach now. Yeah, massively. Um, and that's specific to the style of yoga I teach and, and I didn't I, I don't even know if that existed then if I'm honest um, I'd have to look at the history and, and, and when it was founded but it was certainly a bit of a movement because yoga in itself um, historically some of the um, what they call the more traditional practices are very linear and very rigid and it's all about holding something for a really long period of time and there's a very specific way to put your foot or to turn your hips and it takes into consideration nothing to do with how we live our lives um, you know how much time we spend sat at a computer or driving or all of the things that we do whether we exercise extremely or we don't exercise at all and all of our bodies are so different um, and from my perspective and I was never the most confident person anyway in terms of how I communicate um, and I just didn't feel like I had that level of confidence to ask I just made the assumption that I obviously wasn't really cut out to do yoga um, and then you've got the flip side of everyone seeing it as a real as a hippie thing and you've got to be a certain way um, uh, and you put all those things together and it puts such a big demographic of people off of a any kind of practice of yoga um, when really mostly yoga is, is, is a kind of like a lifestyle and a perspective and you know add some breathing and uh, into the mix to, to help you through your day and that, that's enough that's yoga um, and it's so many different things to different people um, I I use it from a movement perspective because it taught me a lot about getting back into my connection to myself into my intuition and actually learning about my body and what it can and what it can't do um, so to kind of put it into context a little bit, I, so if I, I reached a point um, when I was 39 um, where I literally felt like I had no power. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was stuck in a job that I was good at, that I earned really good money in, but I hated my job and it didn't, it gave me nothing back, but I also worked with my, my husband at the time. Um, and that's how we met. And so it was all very interwoven and all kind of built up and up and up. And I had this young child as well. And she was three at the time and everything kind of cascaded on me. And I just didn't know how to cope with any of it. 
um, and it hit that wall for me. And I, in and around the time that I kind of got to a point where I realized that my marriage was over because I didn't have the support and the, the backing to kind of change anything. Um, the, the, the interest there was like, how much money can we have? And our life was surrounded by all of these things and life was about things and very much like materialistic stuff. Um, you know, which is fine to a point, but when you don't have all of the good stuff and all the things that underpin that and you, it very quickly unravels, I think. And I, I kind of had that acknowledgement in my head. I'm like, oh, this is a family isn't working. My marriage is over. I know what I'll do. I'll bury my head in the sand and I won't think about that because that's too difficult. Um, and I'll just carry on with what I'm doing because I don't know what to do. Um, and so I spent um, the next three months doing exactly that. And weirdly, because obviously I had all this stuff going on in my head, um, I, uh, it's why I practice a little bit on social media as well. If I'll kind of bring it around a little bit to just see, so you know where I'm going almost. Um, I, I give a lot back onto social media with what I do with yoga. Mm. Um, and part of that reason is, is because I feel like yoga presented itself to me on social media. So I kept getting these little pop-ups um, uh, from something called Daily Om, um, which I knew nothing about. I'd never, ever done signed up to anything, never done anything with them. Um, but it just kept popping up this same advert all the time. I'm kind of like, oh, okay, so someone somewhere wants me to do something with this. It looks a bit interesting. It's like, well, it's $10. Like, what's the worst that can happen? I've spent $10, I can afford it. Yeah. Um, and so I did. And what I did was find a practice with a, a lady called Sadie Nardini, who is an amazing teacher. She's the founder of Core Strength Vinyasa, which is the style that I teach. Um, and it was a 15 minute physical practice, including breath, that I then did every day for 21 days, I think it was. Um, and this was, this was your first experience back in since the class eight years previously? Yeah, I mean, I'd done, I did a, uh, I, I spent um, about two weeks doing some stuff on an app not long after I had Drew. Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, but I didn't really enjoy it and I didn't, I, I just went, oh, okay, yeah, it's fine, whatever. Yeah. Um, I get to stretch, um, but I, it didn't engage with me at all. Um, whereas this did, I felt stronger than I'd ever felt. Um, and I didn't really quite understand why, um, but I also started to feel a little bit more empowered, if you will, into, <clears throat> excuse me, um, into thinking about what I was gonna do. Um, so I very much, and I always have done, and I'm sure that it's a combination of things at the time, but I very much credit it with, um, giving me um, a level of strength to actually start addressing what was going on in my life. It was almost like I tapped back into a bit of self-awareness because um, I wasn't talking to anyone. I, I, I literally, as far as everyone else in my life was concerned, I went snap overnight and I changed my whole life overnight. I quit my job, I quit my husband. Um, I know that sounds really aw an awful way to say it, but um, I went, okay, uh, new book, let's open this one and write a chapter. Um, and it and it was huge. I'm not going to say that it, it was never, you know, anything other than a very, very big change. Um, but I believe it came from this this seed of a thing um, into the practice of, of core strength vinyasa, where I just suddenly started to have all of this awareness of, of my body and how I wanted to feel and what I wanted to say, but not really knowing how to say it. 
Um, so yeah, it was it was pretty huge. <laughs> so, so yoga gave you a voice then, really. That's what it sounds like to me. It's like yoga gave you an inner an inner core strength as well as a physical core strength to find your voice. Yeah, massively. So it worked in two waves for me. So the practice of it, because I then signed up to a few other programs and then found her on YouTube. She did a lot of free stuff at the time um, while she was developing what she was teaching. Um, and so that gave me the strength to make some changes in my day to day. And then I, I so I spent kind of a year doing that, really, and navigating um, finding somewhere to live and doing all the all the things you do when when life changes and figuring out what I was going to do um, and it was only when I went to because um, someone had said to me oh you should teach yoga I was like well no I don't possibly see how I could teach yoga I put all the blockers in my way I was like I'm a single parent now and I, how am I gonna you know um, et cetera, et cetera, as you do and I went to Australia with my cousin um, it was the one thing that I did she said to me, she said, you've got to do one thing that you plan to do this year because it was my 40th birthday year. And uh, I've always wanted to cage dive with great white sharks. And uh, we, we talked about it. She went, well, it's either Africa or Australia. I was like, okay, well, I don't want to go to Africa. So Australia it is. <laughs> um, and we went for a ridiculously short amount of time. And it was it was amazing. Um, the cage diving was amazing. The trip was amazing. And when I got back, when I was there I just kept having these like little weaves of thoughts I was like could I do that is that something I could do if I do that then I want to do this this style it's this style that's important to me um and I came back thinking okay I'm just going to send off um a question because I found the, the Facebook page I was like I'm probably going to have to go and train in America that's that's a big thing oh gosh and so I just, like, just hit it and I hit it in Christmas that year um, and then got a reply from uh, the lovely Anya Hawks, who um, who lives in England, who's a master trainer for Sadie, oh, um, had, had training set up. And I was like, oh, wow. Uh, and you talk to a lot of people and they've gone to Sri Lanka and all of these uh, Thailand and all these amazing places to do their like 200 hours and spent five weeks immersed. No, I went to Birmingham once a month over <laughs> 10 months. Oh, the glamour, Alex. <laughs> and, uh, and weaved it into my everyday life, um, mostly because I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to do it in three weeks. I wanted to take my time with it. And I didn't really know that I was going to teach. Um, I know it was a teaching thing, but I wasn't quite sure how I was going to do it. Standing up and doing presentations and teaching and any kind of putting myself in front of people is not, something I've ever been comfortable doing um, until I qualified as a teacher and even before I started teaching before um, with my student insurance um, I can't explain it to this day when you put me at the front of a class um, even if I'm if I've got nerves about it because all new stuff brings nerves and that's a thing that I have in terms of anxiety and stuff something just happens and it feels like I'm doing something right um, and that's part of it being I'm passionate about it I'm passionate about the movement and why why core strength vinyasa is so important and so different to other styles of yoga but also um, because if I can just navigate one person through an energy shift through that importance of kind of that self-awareness of how it is important to put yourself first just as much as it is everyone else in your family you're not you're not at the bottom of the list um, at least you shouldn't be and 
I'm the type of person that's always gone through whatever relationship I've been in, whatever situation I'm in, it's always about the other other person and the people around me. How can I enable them and what can I do for them and not about me? Um, and I will say it now, it's like, I put myself first. Um, I have priorities, I have a daughter and I love her to pieces, but if I put myself last and I always put myself last, I'm not gonna serve her the best way that I can. Um, one of my big whys for changing my life um, four years ago, which just seems like a massive, it seems like forever ago now, but it wasn't, um, was that I felt really disconnected from what I was gonna teach her. So I'm not doing something that makes me happy. I'm not in a happy relationship. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing anything that kind of lights me up as it were um, and drives me forward. So how am I gonna teach her all of those things? And my confidence with that was, was horrendous. Um, so I now know that by, by kind of putting myself up there, I'm teaching her at the same time. It's not just a selfish act at all. So I think that's really important for people to hear is A, you put yourself first and B, it's not selfish because actually what you're doing is teaching other people, whether that's your, your daughter, your nieces, your nephews, your neighbours, your colleagues, whatever it is, it's good. Yeah and important to put yourself first sometimes it's absolutely the oxygen mask scenario on the airplane isn't it you cannot help other people if you are not safe and um well adjusted and sorted yourself you have to do the work yeah exactly and it's not always going to go well um that you know I, I pull myself up a lot quicker than I used to on things like this um and I know when to step back and take time out and it, it takes a lot to kind of weave that into your everyday life and for you to stop thinking that it's a selfish act um, yeah. because we're all taught to strive and strive and strive rather than um, enjoying the things as we go and about being really present and it not being about, you know, that the end goal and that the end result and it being perfect. And uh, that's what I, I don't think perfect's ever been something I've, I've worried about. I'm a bit of a perfectionist in that I like the details to be right. Um, but my world doesn't fall apart if, if, if it's not all perfect. Um, but what I did always miss was I was always focusing over there somewhere in the distance um, instead of enjoying the bits that happen now. And that's enriched my life so much. I can't even begin to explain what it, you know, I, I factor in an extra 10 minutes in the morning and make us leave the house early to walk to school just so we can enjoy the walk to school. Mm. So we're not rushing up going, we're late, we're late, we're late. And that message in her isn't, oh, we're always late. And oh, mum's always stressing because we're late. Um, it's just having the idea of creating a little bit of time. Um, it's that age old excuse. And it's one we hear from so many people in life is, oh, I don't have enough time for that. Um, it's all about making time you have to actually tell yourself it's and there that, it's 10 minutes as well that's really interesting isn't it that that 10 minutes that small bit of time makes a difference to the impact on your day and Drew's day as well absolutely and that's it's different for um obviously everyone of course for me because I also teach in the evenings and um I'm often so I'm you know, here half the week um, when she's not at her dad's. So the mornings are really important for us, mm. um, you know, in terms of having breakfast together and just doing stuff with each other in the morning. So slowing it down and making it really, really um, precious and, and time that's well spent um, is important um, for me. Um, for someone else, it might be the other way around. 
uh, in terms of your day and how your day works. Um, and, and like I say, it doesn't always go to plan. Sometimes we are rushing, but that's just life. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But if you do it most of the time, then you're, you're onto a good thing, aren't you, really? Yeah, absolutely. And I just, it's, it's why, it's one of the reasons that I, I've discovered that I enjoy teaching so much is just to, is to bring that bit of that experience as to what, what I experienced, which I would never have gone, oh, that's mental health or all oh, that's anxiety. Um, I, I was never um, kind of along that, that line of going, oh, I've got a problem there. And I, I just didn't see any of it coming. Um, and it just kind of, and I don't think people often do. Uh, and it's got much more of a voice now, hasn't it? Um, mental health, uh, which is great. Um, and it's exciting that it's being recognized properly um, because it can help so many people in terms of how it's managed. Uh, just, yeah, for me, standing up and, and giving that, that bit more of a perspective and trying to weave that into some of my teachings, whether it's a class or a workshop or whatever it might be, um, is why I'm there. But um, I think a lot of that has to do with the body as well, um, because we all have such dysfunctional relationships with our bodies at times. Mm. Um, and when we talk about yoga being um, more of a mindful thing about a life thing, and uh, we all get caught up in what they call the asana practice, which is just making shapes with the body. Um, mm. For me, it's it's important to know how you feel when you move your body. We, we walk around every day, we run around, we're rushing about, we might be doing a workout, we might be running, we might be cyclists, whatever it might be. But all of those things are, you know, they're driven by something else. They're not, they're not kind of connecting you into your physical body or your, your energetic body even really. Um, you're doing something because you enjoy it or because you want to push yourself or because you want to challenge yourself or because you've got to go and be somewhere. Um, the, the practice of, of yoga is almost designed so that you can feel your way through it, so that you understand how your body works a bit better so you can almost take care of yourself better. And that's why I love Core Strength Vinyasa because it's all about the transition and the journey and the energy in your body. Um, whereas a lot of the kind of the, the linear stuff um, it's so fast and it's so focused on getting into the shape um, that people often will weaken their body. So they'll be twisting into their knees or their backs, um, locking out their joints and that energy kind of gets stuck in the body. And then it becomes, the movement just becomes a burden. So I've met so many people that have turned around and they just think having like a bit of a niggle in their back is just because they like to do yoga. And that's just one of the things that they have to deal with because of yoga was well, not. Um, if you can push yourself like that um, and, you know, end up like that anyway, sure. But that's not the point of it. Um, it should never be about taking a bit of a hit in your body to achieve something. Um, it's more than just strength. It's, it's that level of understanding and, and not just acceptance of your body, but understanding how brilliant it is too. Um, There's something really interesting about the physicality of one's body and knowing what you can and can't do with it and being in awe of what your body can do. But I think it can also tell you stuff as well. So actually the, the, the practice of quietening your mind and listening to what your body is telling you, not just in terms of aches and pains, but in terms of instincts and feelings. And, you know, you, it, if you listen to your body, you can tell when your decision should be a yes or a no, for example. You know, you can feel that 
when you know you're on the edge of something amazing, you can feel that fizziness in your body. It, it tells you so much, doesn't it? So being able to listen to your body, it, both physically, physiologically and mentally is so important, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of all starts from kind of peeling away into like the core layers um, of your body. And we use we use the outer body muscles much, much more than we need to. So it's just kind of it, the way that in which I teach allows you to kind of bring them offline a little bit um, so that you can get into the core. Um, the more you get focused into that core integrated movement, one, yes, the better you'll look after your body and believe it or not, you will get stronger. Um, but you 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 read those messages much more, like you say, um, and the way that it's been explained to me before um, in terms of uh, re very recently when I went and did my yin training is, is separating that out. So, and it can manifest anywhere. So it can manifest in, in your physical body. So you, you, it, it might be that you feel it in your bones, for example, or you feel it in a certain area in your body, but also there's the kind of like the idea of the energy in the body. That's why sometimes when you do something like a, um, a hip releasing pose, like a pigeon, for example, if, any, if, if people know what I'm talking about. Um, and and you do it so people can visualize it. Yeah. So you do one side, but not the other when you're kind of releasing your hips. So if you just lie down in between, you can often feel like the energy flowing through one side of the body or fizzing quite a lot more. Um, and then the other two sides of that are your emotional body. So the things that we need to think about and deal with can be emotional. They don't necessarily have to be physical. And the last one, of course, is our brains. Um, and it's kind of linking all of that together so that you can understand it better, I think. Um, because we're all so different. What I, how I read things in my body, whether it's my, my intuition from my core or my emotions might be different um, or certainly will be different to how, how you kind of take those readings and, yeah. and what you do with them. And there's no right or wrong way. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'll take a sip of my tea. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question while you sip. So, so what? I, I, it's it's clear from the way you talk about yoga, the the passion you have for it, the the transformation it's it's enabled in your life. Yeah. Um, where do you think you'd be without yoga? What do you think you would if you hadn't of, you know, in that eight year gap, if you hadn't have listened to the universe pushing through that little message that popped up on social media all the time and enticed you to go further with it. <laughs> where do you think you would be now? What do you think would be different for you without yoga? Um, I think I'd be making the same mistakes I always have. Uh, same mistakes is probably the, the way that I would term it um, or choices that I've always had in. So I was a very big um relationship jumper if you will mm -hmm. so I was never single for very long which means I didn't look at myself and analyze myself as much as as maybe I could have done um so I think I probably would have rushed into the first available relationship to make me feel safe uh, to validate myself that I was still wanted or desirable and all those kind of things um so I think I just would have li continued living the way that I was um whether or not I'd have done that I have other things that I've been passionate about and maybe I'd have done one of those instead or maybe I'd have I've continued down the path of, of staying in the profession that I was in which I'm still kind of in now it's just a bit more interwoven than it was um yeah the big the big question is I don't know I just think I know myself better and I spent a long time in my childhood 
um, not feeling able to communicate, being very shy. I had issues with my ears, um, which meant um, people have to repeat themselves a lot or I struggle in certain social situations. Um, even after I had work done to increase my hearing, it's still something that is, is quite a sensitive thing for me in terms of um, the tolerance of noise in situations. And um, because of that, I also speak quite softly. And when I'm not teaching, um, it's a lot softer. And often, sometimes I find people don't always ask me the question again if they didn't hear, um, uh, including my family members as well, which is a little bit embarrassing. It's kind of like, why didn't you just ask me to say it again? Um, so I think that would have been a continuing theme. And what I'm, what I'm really, what I get really emotional about now is that I've only really linked that um, in the last six to eight months as to how much the hearing loss and how much being told you I was shy, I was shy as a child um, had an impact on um, the choices I made as an adult as well um, and being on my own in the last three years um, even as a single parent uh, which is quite a big thing to manage as it is I'm still living on my own because I'm the only adult in the house and everything sits with me and I make all the decisions and um, and that's not I've not been in that position before. So it's been a huge transition for me. One I'm really happy to have navigated um, and I'm still navigating. Um, and I, I'm all the better for it, I think. I think I'm a better person for it overall in terms of my compassion to other people as well. Um, and it's just nice to be able to bring something into my life and share with others that, that feels like it means so much. And you, you do that sharing through Core cool Stories Yoga. How has it been turning what has been something so, such a personal journey and so important to you? How has that felt turning that into a business? Um, good and tricky at the same time. Um, I'm not, I'm not good. Well, I won't say I'm not good with paperwork. I'm quite methodical, um, but it's the thing that swamps me up the most, I think. Uh, and I almost think that's tied into. Um, to managing things on my own as a as a as an individual and as a single parent as well um, in that I look at a pile of stuff and I go I'm not going to do that but it also stresses me out because I haven't done it um, I feel you. <laughs> so um, it's one of the things I'm finding at the moment that the more I attack it the easier it is for me to run with other aspects of my business um, but one of the things I think I found the hardest because um, as you when you qualify to teach yoga and you start running classes you try and please everybody and you want to be as accessible as you can be to everyone and um, it's all a learning curve and running my classes is, is has been incredibly important in terms of understanding people's bodies um, different life experiences and just that practice of, of showing up and holding space for people and feeling the energy of the room but it's also allowed me to um, kind of diversify that a little bit. And when I started running some events last year, so I started doing a little bit more with like moon circle type stuff. And um, I'm doing some women's circle training and things like that at the moment. But I've also just made a bit of a breakthrough in terms of, of business pivots. Um, now I've, I've been sharing a little bit online since last year. I'd started putting practices on, on YouTube and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, 
as a free thing it's always been really important to me that I I give back because I found this stuff online and everyone says being online is not the same I'm like I just don't agree <laughs> um and it's nice to turn up to a practice sure but actually I I prefer being in my own space and and practicing in a very as a minimum in a smaller group rather than a larger group um it just feels more personal to me and I I'm then focused on what I'm getting out of it. So I started doing that to give back a little bit and just to try and like raise visibility and awareness of CSV. And, and so when, when COVID happened and I, and everything went online, um, I almost did a bit of a 360. I didn't say it wasn't the same, but I didn't then open out my business to the online world. And I, I took on not one new student um, I was there for all of my existing students and I just created a little Facebook group and just maintained it that way. Um, and that was about all I could do at the time, I think. Um, mostly because I had uh, other stuff going on, you know, um, I was homeschooling. Homeschooling um, for one, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I also have a part-time job for the police, so I was doing that. And my mum was here at the time as well. And so the house was also happening and I was running a yoga studio from my dining room. So I had to clear the whole thing out and set everything up um, in and amongst all of everything else going on. And so doing anything different at the time just seemed a bit heavy. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I often sat there and thought, oh, should I be doing this at all? Should I just be focusing my energies on family and knowing that I'll go back to yoga afterwards? And I just, in my head, had this thing, if you spent 18 months building and and sharing and doing it all for a reason don't just stop because the worst thing you can do is just stop um but it meant that when things started to open up again in September that I online isn't a massive issue for me but I, I had this thing of right I, yes in person great but I moved to a smaller premises um one because I love the space and I've been working with them for the last 12 months but I can have smaller numbers at this point in time, limited to, I think it was five, um, but I can share it online. So I can just stream it all. That's absolutely fine. Now I'm doing exactly the same for my day-to-day -day stuff, but with obviously without them being there in person. Yeah. And that was exactly the same again when I go back. So I've maintained a consistency, I think, for that one, but um, I'm starting to put together, um, I'm not there yet, so I'm not gonna go into the, the, the crazy, <laughs> ideas detail of, of what's coming out but um I've got some proposals and bids to put together um which is quite exciting um having taken part in my first kind of online health and wellness festival um recently um it's given me some food for thought as to how I can bring a, something a bit bigger um to the table so yeah watch this space um it's a growing thing um and I dug out, I did a little share actually on Instagram yesterday on my stories. I've got a business planner book. Um, it's called uh, Daily Greatness Business Planner and Actionable Plan. I've owned it for four years. Um, I bought it. Yeah. Um, I bought it when everything went up in my world because I knew that I wanted to do something. I just didn't know what my something was. And uh, this weekend, as I was sorting out all of the clutter, I, I came across and I went, I'm ready to do something with it now. Um, not that I don't feel like I've not been running a business and dealing with all of that, but I feel ready that I know where my business is going to go. And it's the first time I felt like that. So yeah, it feels pretty special. So the, the greatness and um, daily greatness planners, I 
have one as well that are used religiously for ages and I came across it the other day I must have just at some point filled in a day put it down and just not gone back to it I didn't realize they did a business one as well they do a whole range don't they because I think they do fitness ones as well they're really really good range of books actually yeah and I just remember thinking that's so useful that's going to be really really good and I just couldn't I kept looking at it going but I have nothing to write (laughs) but Um, you now which is interesting that's really cool it's going to be such a useful tool um, until it becomes second nature. And I think that's what these things are for, is that when you need a bit of structure to make you sit down and look at it every single day, um, it's a bit like the quarterly review that you that you put on for us all, which is amazing, um, as was the awesome women's retreat, amazing. Um, it's just that idea of networking with other people now has opened up so much in terms of richness and ideas and just feeling a bit more empowered um, and kind of seeing what other people are doing with with their their kind of respective things really um it really goes to show that that diversity of thought can be so important because if you think about the people who were on the um awesome women's retreat so we weren't very diverse in terms of our um racial background or um perhaps our I'd say probably our socioeconomic status and things like that. However, mm-hmm. in terms of businesses and diversity of thinking and experience and background, I think it just opens up so many different opportunities when you have conversations with people who think slightly differently than you that get you but think differently. I think it helps you to be more creative in your thinking sometimes. Yeah, I agree. Um, I and mean, I've not had a huge amount of experience from it. And there's definitely something um around sharing space um like the i mean the facebook group for the quarterly review was like off the chart in terms of the amount of information that was in it but it can be really hard um to weave into into your day and just feel like you're not overwhelmed or you're not contributing enough i think Mm -hmm. um but the to step away and just to be in an environment where people are are kind of putting ideas or just suggesting stuff to you and have you thought about this like no I haven't um and why not because now you've said it it's really obvious why didn't I see that yeah exactly absolutely uh, but I think the tools around um the fact that we all all beat ourselves up far too much and we all maybe sometimes hold ourselves back and you have these thoughts that sometimes you'd just be um maybe a bit embarrassed if you shared um and along those lines that's so important um like you say as women which is why you run it for women um, that I can just I just resonated with so much and just kind of I do it even now but I'm a bit braver when I pick up the phone and, and send a message to a friend and go so yeah this happened yesterday and uh, I feel like a bit of an idiot and you know and, and they come back and go yeah I've done that it's fine <laughs> <laughs> You're like oh it's not just me it's not, it's not just me it's not it's we all do it um, and that's why that's yeah it's valuable so valuable so thank you for that. Oh, pleasure. <laughs> so what what have been your biggest takeaways um, from the experience you've had from going through sort of responding to those those messages popping up and, and embracing that and contacting, finding out about the training and then finding out it was in the UK and your experience through going up to Birmingham and doing the training and then launching your business what what have been your key takeaways what what if you were telling yourself at the start of the journey if you were giving advice to yourself at the start of the journey what would you tell yourself 
Um, I think I was really lucky early on um, with a couple of conversations that I had with friends. Um, so I guess this one would probably be for other people in a similar position is, is to never give away anything for free um, would be my first one. Mm -hmm. um, and to keep it simple. Um, I think sometimes, and I'm, I've been guilty of overcomplicating it, and I do, I, not necessarily for other people, but for myself, mm -hmm. um, because of that idea of wanting to do so much and saying yes to everything. The biggest takeaway for me is, is, is when you're presented with an opportunity or you are looking for opportunities is to make sure that it matches um, what you would call Jane, your why yeah. um, and your value. Um, so the, the reasons that I, that I'm here and that I'm teaching, that I'm sharing is I want people to be empowered in their bodies, um, to understand the impact of spending all their energy on other people um, and, and little things like that. That's, that's what I want to spend time doing. Um, and so if, if they're on your why and your purpose was really uh, important to help you then or you know or giving away my classes too cheaply brings the the wrong energy into it then it's gonna drag you down um and I guess my other takeaway would be not to limit myself mm -hmm. uh, into thinking the smaller ideas um and I did this the other day and I still haven't made a decision on it um, I've got an idea in my head around conversations around staying lit, um, which is a big thing in the core strength vinyasa world. Um, from the minute I started my training to, to right now and why I do the things that I do and why everyone does the things that they do. And I wanted to do a bit of a series and having conversations with people. And then um, I was like, oh, you know, it could be, it could just be a conversation. I could blog about it or I could do like a, um, an Instagram thing and have a live discussion like well do I have to do that could I do a podcast or oh, don't be silly you couldn't do a podcast that'd be a stupid thing to do um, and literally that was the first thing I said to myself uh, and I don't even know if I'm even in in um in ready to even comprehend that because I have so much going on but it just made me chuckle that straight away as soon as I had the thought I put it down yeah. um so yeah not to limit yourself I think and just to... and, and it's really important to notice that as well isn't it because that thing where your voice pops up and says no you can't don't be so silly sometimes that yeah. thing feels like the sense talking and it's not that's that's the bit that's the inner critic and that's the bit you have to notice and call yeah. out and get curious about I think so that's really important yeah, and remember, it doesn't matter if you do it or not but you can if you want to yeah it's your choice absolutely um no one can tell you that you you can't or that you don't have the capacity for that um so <laughs> I think that would be like one of my biggest takeaways but um, above everything else that I do um, and, and I feel like I'm doing it so uh, I'd probably look back earlier on to myself rather than when I started my business which is around pushing my comfort zone um, and I, I very rarely when I'm pushing my comfort zone want to go out and do it um, I make myself do it anyway and I've been doing it certainly for the last four years I've never regretted doing it I've always learned something from it, even if it wasn't the most enjoyable experience in the world. Um, and I won't stop um, because I think it's the most important thing. Um, invariably, you normally end up with a smile on your face. And if you're smiling um, and you are, it's because you're trying new stuff and you're kind of lit in that way, it cannot fail to have a positive experience on your life yeah. or positive effect on your life even. So valuable, so important, so important. Mm. And, and Alex, so people will be, I think, naturally curious about how they can come and 
learn from you and how they can join in with your practice. So how, how would people um, get in touch with you and find out more about what it is that you do? Um, well, they can touch base, touch base with me in various places, but um, coolstoriesyoga.co.uk is my, is my business facing website. So um, that's got most of what I do on there at the moment in terms of classes and, and workshops when they're running. Um, things are a little limited at the moment mm -hmm. um, but I also um, I spend a lot of time on Instagram um, under my name Alex Colby <laughs> um, and I share snippets about what you know um, whether it's the practice or just insights into things really um, and also over on YouTube I'm just about to restart um, the releasing kind of 20 minute practices for people just to get to know me to get to know the style and the practice so that you know maybe they will feel empowered to come and uh, join in a live practice Fantastic. but uh, there's lots of things coming so yeah sign up to the core stories newsletter for sure. fabulous um, oh, I've just had a message pop up saying my internet connection is unstable. So um, if I'm losing you, that will be why. I'm really sorry. That's fantastic, Alex. We can put all of that in the show notes so that people can get hold of you. I can absolutely um, vouch for following Alex on Instagram. Um, at the very least, the content she puts out there is really valuable and rich. And I will certainly be signing up to the YouTube channel um, because actually it's really valuable to be able to fit it in as and when you can, as well as joining in with live practice as well. And your your physical space that you have, obviously a lonely hold a few people at a time and they'd have to be local to you but it's a really beautiful space isn't it it's really glorious so that would be nice to get back amazing to um, I just because it's filled with books as well um uh, yeah it's just a happy space to be and um, well I'm still there um I'm still running my classes from there even though people can't come and practice with me um I just it feels right to do it but uh yes soon to be uh yeah hopefully people can come back soon I can't really say much else to that if nothing else they also like to do their book <laughs> but goodness me being able to come and do a yoga class with you and then browsing the bookstore at the same time I mean what a joy how how it doesn't get better than that really does it in my book <laughs> Alex thank you so much for spending some time with us I really really appreciate it and I'm looking forward to seeing the next steps of the journey that Core Stories Yoga goes through Oh, thank you, Jane. I've loved being here. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. Take good care. I'll speak to you soon. <laughs> and if you want to see that pigeon in practice, you can see it in the show notes. What a lovely conversation I had with Alex. It was so good to catch up with her and find out more about her story. If you know someone else I should be talking to, someone who's got some lessons that we can all learn from, then let me know who they might be and let's get together and record a conversation. Take good care and I'll see you next time. If you enjoyed this podcast from Inside the Hive by Quiet the Hive, then please leave us a five-star rating or drop us any comments in the box below. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Any comments or ratings you give us all help other people who would benefit from the content to find us. Thanks so much. <laughs>